Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Run to Daylight Football Funcast with your host, Todd Burroughs. follow me, and if you let me know that you're following me, I will follow you back. Um, And if you could go to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast and rate it, you know, like every other podcast, uh, that's important to us, so if you can do that, that would be great. Um, My my guest today, his name is Tommy New, and um, he's from San Diego. He's a young guy that I uh, hooked up with on Twitter. And we follow each other, and I find him pretty interesting. He had a quote a couple weeks ago that I thought was interesting about how he started with a couple hundred bucks and has taken it from there with DFS. We won't steal too much of his thunder. Um, But then he made another post the other day about multi-entering, something I know little to nothing about. So I wanted to find out what he might know, and that could make me and my audience a little better. You can follow him on Twitter at Too Much Mortons. That's T-O-O, Much Mortons. Tommy, welcome to the Run to Daylight podcast. Hey, Todd, good to be here. Yep. Um, Uh, So uh, I've been meaning to ask you, um, what's, what's it, did I say the, uh, first of all, did I get your Twitter handle right? Yeah, you got it right. All right, good. And what does that mean, too much Morton's? Are you talking about the steak place? Oh, no, it's just, it's just a reference to how, uh, I used to get a little salty, you know, Morton's as a salt brand. I used to get a little salty when, uh, I used to do, um, competitive, uh, things. So, yeah, that was just. That's how I was, and I just like made a joke out of it as my Twitter handle. You, you used to be competitive, what? I used to be competitive, and like, you know, when you, when someone's uh, when someone's salty, uh, we refer to that as Morton's, you know, like the Morton's brand of salt. So. Oh, I got you. Just say, oh, all right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got you. So that's where it came um, about. Yeah, just speak up a little bit. Uh, I don't know that we have the best connection ever, and uh, just make sure you're speaking into the phone. So um, how old are you? Oh, I'm 26. Cool. 
So um, I started to tell that story a little bit about how you started with a couple hundred bucks, but why don't you tell the audience about how you found out about Daily Fantasy, how much you put in, and just a little bit about your history in Daily Fantasy. Okay, so I found about I found out about Daily Fantasy from my good friend Baron uh, in in the latter part of 2014 um, in the baseball season. Um, it, it, the baseball season was winding down, and he told me about like DraftKings, and I didn't know nothing about Daily Fantasy. I only knew about seasonal leagues, but it was a pretty co- interesting concept. Like you could put a hundred bucks in, and you could win money that day, or you could lose it. So I tried it out. I put a hundred bucks in, and like two weeks later, uh, I didn't know what I was doing, so I lost the two uh, the hundred bucks pretty quickly. But uh, yeah, that's. That's where I first heard about Daily Fantasy. Um, I, I didn't take it seriously that year. Like, I stopped playing Daily Fantasy until the the beginning of the 2015 baseball season. Like, I, I spent, like, a month learning about uh, advanced matrix and ballpark factors and all that stuff to get ready for the baseball season last year. And I just played the, the, the $1 and $2 GPPs. Uh, like, I would put like 20 lineups each day in and just see how that would go. But, I, like, my friend Baron was telling me strategies and stuff, like stacking. Back in the day, you could do, like, six uh, six players on a stack. Uh, now it's only five, but that was the main strategy on that draft I was using. Games, I would just put, like, yeah, mostly on DraftKings. I don't, I don't play FanDuel. So, yeah, I was doing that for a while, and it, it took me a month to get – you know, used to the whole idea of how to play the game. And I finally won, like, my first DPP and the $1. And that pretty much, like, set, like, a chain of events that helped me go to the $2. And I won that, like, like a week later. And then I uh, I started playing the $3 uh, GPP. And long story short, um I was using like after a while I was playing the three dollar I was I was I was using like sixty to seventy lineups manually in the first half of the baseball season and then in the second half I started using like Roto Grinders lineup generator and I uh at the end of the year I had a pretty nice bankroll. Uh it was like five figures. Uh I actually won a baseball T P P like two days before the season ended, which really helped me uh Going to the football season, and what, and and, and what uh, kind of stud, what kind of studying do do you do in those days? Um, you know, you talked about some of the advanced ballpark metrics and things of that nature. Why don't you give us a quick, you know, summary of, uh, you know, what what are the some of the key, you know I've seen you say on Twitter that you really do your own research. So just give us a little bit of uh, some of the stuff you do. Okay, so for um, pitchers, you know, you want to look at um, the most important thing in, in baseball in for fantasy for pitchers is strikeouts. So you want to look at their K percentages. So the higher, you know, the guys that are strikeout pitchers like uh, Max Scherzer or Kershaw, they have a higher chance to reach their uh, ceiling because they're they're strikeout pitchers. Um, and for hitters, you know, a couple of stats that I look at 
and everybody else looks at is is WOBA, which is weighted on base uh, plus average, and uh, WRC plus, which is a stat that measures the uh, strength for hitters, like who are the stronger hitters in the league that want the ones who get doubles and uh, home runs. So those are a few stats that I look at. But gotcha. those, those are like really like the basic stats. Yeah, that's that's pretty yeah. basic. You know, one of the things I do, and I, you know, I, I'm unfortunately a working stiff, and I you know I work fifty five, sixty hours a week, and I enjoy playing lineups every night, but you know I don't have the time for deep research. So what I tend to do is I focus on, like you know, especially on FanDuel because of the twelve points for a win. I focus on the line that day. I'm looking for lower to medium price pitchers who are, you know, favored, who have a good K percentage, but I also look at the K percentage of the team they're playing. I think that's something that people tend to miss out on, um, you know, the K percentage of the team that you're playing. And that's how I kind of find my pitchers. One thing that you said that was interesting to me, though, the other day is that I saw that you said you tend to only go with about the t- two pitchers a night. Is that correct? Uh, it it depends on the slate, but most of the times I want to use less than four pitchers if I can. Like you know, some slates there there are not many good options, and some some of the guys have high uh, variance in their outcome range of outcomes. But yeah, but most of the times I want to use uh, two or three pitchers. Gotcha. All right, so um, that's that's good information. Uh, some of the basics of how you got going. Um, you know, you, you so do you play all sports? Do you play just the three major sports: baseball, basketball, football? Uh, you dabble in anything else? Um, yeah, I just play. Uh, my best two sports are baseball and football. I dabbled in uh, basketball last year, like after after having to watch it, having like I haven't watched basketball in like a decade. But I, you know, I, I was doing pretty good in football and baseball, so I went basketball try but yeah baseball and and uh, football are definitely my two best sports i got you hey um tommy i i do have a bad connection i'm going to try and call you right back okay hang up for me let me call you right back let's at least try and get the sound a little better okay all right all right folks sorry about that me and my live shows again. Um, we're going to try and get the sound quality a little better for you by giving Tommy a call back. Um, and we're going to start asking him a little bit more about uh, MME, and that will be a lot of fun. Let's see if we got him. Tommy, you there? Yeah, I'm good. I'm here. Oh, man, much better. Much better. Okay. You hear me better, too? Yeah. Awesome. All right. Um so, um, why don't you uh, why don't you tell us uh, what is mass multi entering? Uh, mass multi entering is just basically when one person has over like an abundance of lineups. Sometimes um, the max cap that you can actually have in a you know in a tournament they they'll have it just to like diversify their risk. It's around like I, I would say max multi entering is around like 100 to 150 lineups. 150 is the maximum right now, correct? Yeah, on DraftKings is 150. And so when you do this, 
um, do you say to yourself, well, I'm going to max multi-entry today, so instead of doing, you know, 10 lineups at $27, I, I'll, I'll go down to the $3 lineups. Is, it, you know, is, it would, would that be what you would recommend is if people don't have the bankroll at even $3 to put in 150 lineups, if they want to try this, play the quarter. Uh, play whatever just so that you can practice doing it. Would that be a reasonable strategy? I think it's very reasonable. Like, um, I honestly don't think the 25-cent GPP is, is any good. But if you want to hone your skills and, you know, see if this, this strategy is for you, I would definitely say try it in the $1. I, I, I always am a believer of um, having the most amount of entries I can have in a tournament. So yeah, try, try to $1 out, try to do as many lines as your bankroll allows you to do and go from there. What do you think is the biggest advantage of mass multi entering? And what are some of the key points that someone who wanted to give it a try should, should put in mind? I think one of the advantages are, is that, um, uh, you have, you know, a lot of diversification. You're not putting all your your eggs in one lineup or one one basket, like per se. So you're, you know, in single entry, you just have one chance to be correct. But in uh, mass multi entering, you have, you know, like maybe fit 40, 50 t- chances to be correct. And in a, especially in a sport like baseball, where there's high variance, you know, you want to have, you know, a good amount of exposure to different things. Um. If someone how would to you do break, this, how would you I'll break it up? Let's say, so, you know, in baseball, you mentioned that, you know, if you're going to have, let's say, 100 lineups, so you're only going to have four pitchers on DraftKings, maybe five. That means, I mean, you're pretty, you are still putting almost all your eggs in a couple baskets, correct? Yeah, but the, the point of that is that I feel that pitchers have a lower variance um, like you can predict pitchers pretty well, in my opinion, as compared to hitters. Like hitters have four chances or maybe five chances a night to um, do some, and you know they can just go 0 for four. Like the best hitter, like Mike Trout, he can easily go 0 for four against the worst pitcher on a slate. So I think um, if you you know multi-enter, you want to focus on your pitching, and you know if you have too many lineups with too many different pitchers, you're not giving yourself the opportunity um, to get your hitters correct because you just like you just you know have a bunch of different exposure to different things. So I, I think that, that, that pitchers makes, are easier to get right. That makes a lot of sense to me. And so uh-huh. the next, I guess the next thing is, then what do you do? You you, you pick out a bunch of teams that you want to stack that day um, to go with yeah, your that pay, was your your. T- yeah, that was what I was doing. Like, I would just, at the beginning when, like, I was at the embassy of my, my learning of, like, BFS, I would pick, like, four to five stacks and just stack those teams. But now, like, I try to just do one stack but have, like, a different uh, different hedges on the outside players. Like, maybe I would make, like, tonight I did, like, Dodgers, right? And, like, my four pitchers were um, Bauer, Norris, Hamels and Granky, and since the Dodgers were kind of expensive, but they were my favorite stack. I just um, I try to find like cheap hitters, 
and um, I I would um, hedge the pitchers because Norris is cheap and um, Camels is really expensive, so you can't really do a Dodger stack with those two. But if you found cheap hitters or cheap uh, use Norris uh, instead of Hamels, you uh, and you paired ha- uh, Norris with Granky, you could do like a full Dodger stack. So it was it's all about finding cheap pitchers and cheap hitters to fit your stack, um, and that's pretty much how I go about it now. Okay, so basically you really do kind of focus in on one on one team, and then so you have let's say uh, like how many lineups do you have tonight? I have 150 in the three dollars. You have 150 in the three dollar, and so and you've got four pitchers, and you uh, in in those 150, how many of them are Dodger stacks? They're all. Each one of those lineups has has a Dodger in it. At least, at least three Dodgers in each lineup. I think. Oof! It's a tough night. <laughs> I just yeah. was looking at six, it's six nothing. But that's that brings us to another point. If you're going to do this strategy, you know they're going to be nights when you lose all your money, but when you hit, you really hit hard. Is that the is that the best way to describe why this tends to work? You know, if yeah. if you if you've got if you got four hundred and fifty dollars going tonight and you lose it. You lose it, but the next night, if yeah. you've got four hundred and fifty dollars going and it hits and it go- and it goes really well, you're not just going to win, you know, four fifty times three. You know, you could win four, five, six thousand dollars. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the goal of this strategy. Is it's either first or last. So, like, if you want to be a, a successful GPP player. You have to win multiple GPPs. You can't just min-cash your way through you know, your career and expect to have a profit. So this strategy is pretty much, you know, you look at, you're looking at the long-term success. You're, like, you, you're, you'll go on streaks where you just lose every single, like for, for like an entire week, your entire, like whatever you put in. But then you'll have a day or two where you um, will get multiple top 100 uh, placings and that would just make up for like your entire season. Right. You could literally in a day win enough to cover like half your season. Yeah. And that's that's what I did in football. Like uh in football my strategy is to use four uh this is this is what Barron told me, the guy who brought me into fantasy. He taught me the the four the core four strategy where you have where where four guys are pretty much in every single one of your lineups. And that's how I, in uh, week seven, I won, um, I won, I got second, eighth, ninth, and like a bunch of other top 100 uh, placings in the, in the big $3 GPP where there was like 500,000 people. And that pretty yep. much made up for like my entire season of NFL that one day. So, uh, all right. So let's go over to NFL and what those four players do they tend to be uh a quarterback stack with his, one his wide receiver um tell us a little more in depth about the core four strategy as it relates to the NFL I've have done the quarterback and wide receiver as a core before but that was like once out of like 17 weeks but the core four pretty much for me is fine is finding the best cheap value play at any position 
and that guy is the first guy you look for in your core four, the cheapest guy that has the highest upside um, at any position. And then I have oh, the guy okay. that, yeah. So, the so guys, you know, real qu- real quick, I'm going to go over to DraftKings, and I'm going to – I haven't spent – I've been playing some preseason. I really haven't spent a lot of time on the salaries but let's uh, like let's look real quickly. Let me go through. Let's see how good I am at, uh, at 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 this and identifying some people. So like Gio Bernard jumps out at 4,800 right away. Jeremy Langford at 4,700. Uh, Jeremy Hill at 4,600. Those are uh, Bilal Powell at 4,300, Isaiah Kroll at 4,200. Um, when, uh, am I getting kind of hot on the running backs? Are you looking at the um, the first week of football? Yeah. Uh, yeah, some something like that. Like, um, for example, for me, um, it was Todd Gurley. He was. Um, I think forty five hundred. That first week he came back and he was so low priced. Yeah, he was really low priced. He was he was against um, Cleveland, who had like the worst run defense. And like every show talked about Todd Gurley, and he was it was either like a fade or an all in week. But he was so cheap that you know he was the main value play for me. Yep, that makes sense. So then once you pick your the four best, you know, I went to a seminar where JM, JM Twin, who's more of a one lineup guy, what he does is he starts by picking the value guy at each position and then deciding where to upgrade. Where your strategy is is similar but different is you'll pick four guys and that that'll be your core. They're going to be in every lineup because they're the best values. And you you really believe in them the most, and they're going to give you the best chance to win. And then you'll mix them with a variety of other players to take advantage of the variance of, let's say, touchdowns in the NFL. Is that a pretty good way of looking at it? Um, yeah, but like like I said, it's, it's pretty much for maybe one or two guys that I'll do the value for. Because you know, there's not many. It's like some weeks there's not really that much value, so it, it's slate dependent. But on that week, I used um, Todd Gurley as a value play. But my two, my three other um, core guys weren't all value plays. Like Mike Evans was a core play, and he was he was like uh, around the middle pricing of wide receivers. And I had Rams defense, and they were like the third or fourth highest defense. And my fourth core was Ladarius Green. Um, and I mixed in I, – I kind of broke my rule, but I mixed in Gronkowski as one of my core. So it was uh, it was Todd Gurley, Rams defense, Mike Evans, and Gronkowski slash Ladarius Green. So it doesn't all, all have to be four cheap guys. Gotcha, gotcha. Just, okay, yeah. so once you pick let's – say, let's say you've picked your four guys for the week. What's the next step? Um, you've got, you got 150 my... lineups to make, right? And you've picked yeah. your you picked your four guys. What's the next thing that you do? Then I just start looking at the players at each position. Well, I've already done that because I've been looking at the value players, of course. But 
Like, and then I start looking at um, each player at each position to see, like, what players do I really want or not. And then I start narrowing down my player pool to the point where I only have about six players from each position, some, sometimes maybe seven. So I would only have, like, six six to seven guys at each position, uh, except for wide receiver. Wide receiver, I might have, like, nine, nine or ten or something around that number. And that's who I pretty much build lineups around, my, my outside edges. So at that point, is that when you would plug those guys into the optimizer? You know, uh, you lock your four guys into every lineup, and then you've got a pool of, you know, let's say, you know, if there's six other positions, you've got another 36 guys. You you put all those guys into an optimizer and hit optimize, or do you uh, do some with an optimizer and some by hand? Um, I used to do lineups all by hand in baseball, and I really like it became a chore. So I and Rotokarnas came out with their lineup builder like the second half of baseball season, and I used that, and and you can pretty much do all your lineups in like one press. I would like uh, set my exposure rank uh, ratings, and like see how like if I wanted Lamar like that week I wanted a lot of Lamar Miller, and I put him at like sixty percent, so he was in like like fifty to sixty percent of my lineups, because you know the the lineup gotcha. generator is not always perfect. Like, so yeah, that's I would fix the projection to see who I really wanted uh, on my lineups more than others. Now I would just go click the um, the lineup generator button, and it would make the lineups for me. Gotcha. So you use the lineup generator. You pick your four guys who are going to be in, let's say, 90 to 100% of your lineups. You pick a few other guys who you want, let's say, 30, 40, 50%, and then you kind of optimize. Is, is that kind of, am I getting what you do right, or am I missing something? Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's like the basics of it, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that's uh, that's pretty interesting, and it is a very nice strategy. I like it. No wonder you've had success. Yeah. It, it, like if you're right on your core, like the premise of that that strategy is if you're right on your core, like if all four of the players uh, go off, you have multiple, multiple chances you know, to get the other six positions right, or whatever, how many positions, nine? Whatever, yep. how many now, positions you, you got right, yeah. Have you studied some of the other, you know, let's face it, you're a young guy, you, you know, you, you might have a name, but not like, let's say, a Sahil Sud or some of the other guys who are, you know, known to be huge, big, mass entry guys. Have you studied what they do, and have you found that it's similar to what you do, or do you think what you do is a little bit different? Um, I, uh, for baseball, all I did for like a month was download the CSV, um, it's the Excel file from the DraftKings contest, and I would just yep. study. I would just sort them out and study um, Sahil's uh, and E. Hafner and Ganondorf and. On the top players, I would just study what they did for that for that particular slate to get an idea of how they played. And I came I came across uh, Sahil's strategy, aka Max Dillery, 
and that was and that was what he was doing for baseball, like you know, just using two pitchers and using one stack, and that was my favorite strategy out of all the all the top players, and I understood why he did it because. You know, if you're if you're a GP player, PPP, uh, DPP player, you know you, you're trying to have the most upside you can have on a slate, and you know that that's going all in on a core or a stack is the best way to do that. So yeah. All uh, right. So he, let's go, let's go yeah. let's go back to baseball then. And uh, by the way, you're doing great. This is a lot of really great information. And my next question is. How do you pick if you're only going to have one team that day? You know what what leads you to that team? I mean, a guy like me again. I've got an hour a day, right? And there's a lot of noise out there. Um, it, it, do you is it based heavily on the pitcher you want to target, the hitters, a combination? What you know? What kind of leads you from the morning to say? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna invest all hundred four hundred and fifty dollars that I have tonight into the Dodgers. Um, I think you have to be flexible. Um, not like not every slate is the same. So sometimes I I look at the overall picture of a slate and try to see like what's the most likely thing that's gonna happen on this slate. Is it because someone paid up for pitching, or is it because a stack went off? Is it a cheap, is there a cheap stack that I can target that has like like good upside so I can pay up for pitching like stuff like that that um, really helps me narrow down my field like I, I make a list of stacks like uh, and I try to narrow it down to like two three uh, from like a group of of fifteen I automatically like fade um, stacks against really good pitchers like Madison Bumgarner I'd never stack against him. And because you know, like the chances of him getting blown up are really low, and I try to narrow down my pitchers to from a group of like maybe twenty to a group of of ten, and I try to I try to look at each price range to see like if uh, if is Madison Bumgarner or is Jose Fernandez too expensive? Is there two guys in the mid range that have a similar upside and are, are pitching at home that are you know like a safe bet to do well? Stuff like that, just to like see how a state plays out. Um, that's how I go about like narrowing down my strategy for day. It's not just like one stack or one group of pitchers. It's like how how can I build the best team with different hedges outside that will score a a high amount of points. Um, speak a little bit more on this whole concept of hedging. Um, you know, I know you know what that means, and I probably know what it means. But maybe some people who are listening might not know what it means. Talk to us a little bit about the concept of hedging. So hedging, like if, for example, if you do like a five-man stack of um, the Dodgers, right, and you want Grandal, who's a catcher, Gonzalez, who's a first baseman, and two outfitters, and maybe Seager at shortstop, you have yep. like third base and one outfield position and, and second base to – you know, really, um, you know, fill with outside players. So maybe you, you know, you hedging, hedging means you use multiple players at those three uh, positions that you, that are outside of the stack and you use, um, you have multiple chances to get that, that, 
um, that gotcha. outside three positions. So, so you, by, you, you, yeah. you vary, you vary yeah, you the vary rest them. of the positions. Yeah. Gotcha. So yeah. hedging, uh, I, yeah, I did misunderstand what you were meaning by hedging, so I'm glad I asked. My next question, <clears throat> which I think is something interesting, I, I've done a lot of podcasts with the Motown Mauler, one of his things he always says is, look, if you're going to stack, let's say, the Dodgers and, you're, and your five guys are the five that you already mentioned, you know, throw in a couple lineups with Justin Turner, throw in a couple lineups with the, the other outfielder. Simply, you know, the, the, nothing worse than to have that Dodgers stack go off and, you know, it be Justin Turner hitting three home runs and he wasn't one of your five guys. Um, how do you handle that? Do you mix up the, that team to make sure you get full coverage in some way or another? That would be a way to hedge, or do you, you know, pick your five guys and 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 ride or die with them? Um, I definitely try to use all the players in the stack. Like I would have some more than others. Like today, I had Seager, Grandal, and Gonzalez more, and like I try to figure out which guys have the, the least opportunity to score high like I didn't want Howie Kendrick at 4400 and I didn't want Chase Udley at uh, 40 whatever his price was so I thought those two guys were you know had the the lowest chance to succeed today so I had them less but I still but I still had some exposure to them gotcha And, and I think that that's the right way to do it so um I'm glad I asked that as well so um you know, I, I we kind of we kind of hit on this a little bit, but how much of what you do is on an Excel spreadsheet, or do you more go by, you know, just looking somewhere to find information? Uh, you know, what do you do as far as you know? What kind of spreadsheets, databases do you personally have, or do you? you know, buy that information canned from a website? Um, my favorite thing, my favorite exercise is going on fan graphs. And if you go to the pitcher's leaderboard and you scroll all the way down, you can type in the pitchers, uh, like every pitcher for the slate. And it gives you a sorted list of, like, uh, all the advanced stats and all the batted ball information. And you can pretty much just see who are the better pitchers and who are the bad pitchers for the slate. I also go on um, Roto Grinders um, to read. Uh, I don't read any of the articles, but there's this tab where you can do. Um, you can look at the advanced stats for teams. It's on Fangraphs too, but the way Roto Grinders has it, it's easier to sort. And I also use Daily Fantasy Winners. Uh, it's ran by Max Steinberger. Berger, and he yeah, I know Max Steinberger. Yeah, he's really him and his brother Daniel are pretty. Um, they're very I look up smart. To those guys too. Yeah, they're, they're very smart, and they have this spreadsheet. For, he was um, at the. Last the uh, he was he was uh, he, he was at the final table of the poker the year before. Yeah, he's yeah he's very he's very good at poker. But yeah, that's uh, they have a spreadsheet for um, the last five games started for pitchers, and they have like um, contact rate and hard hit rate and like correct percentage rate like some of really like cool stats that no one else is really looking at and i look at that too um as one of my go-to things gotcha 
No, and what's the name of that site again for anyone who uh, who wants to know? I haven't been on there in a while. It's called uh, Daily Fantasy Winners. DailyFantasyWinners.com. All right, so and that is Max Steinberg and his brother, who does a lot of really good in-depth articles. They've got a message board there. I'm a member. Again, I just haven't been there in a while. Um, my first year, I ended up pretty much joining every site, <clears throat> and I'm just in the process now of kind of uh, cutting back a little bit. So uh, that, that's very helpful information. So you use the information there. You narrow down your information. Um, if Okay, I'm looking at my list of questions, what to ask next. Uh, what are some of the other inside tricks of how to um, mass multi-enter? Are there any other good tricks that we haven't covered? Um, I think um, we covered it already, but I think it's very important to reiterate is you don't want to do this um, manually. Like you don't want to do 70 lineups every day manually. It's good to do it at the beginning to get an understanding of what you want in your lineups. But after, like, maybe a month, I say go use uh, Fantasy Cruncher or maybe Roller Grinders Builder, Lineup Builder. Um, I think that's very important. Um, what else? Gotcha. Um, I guess, yeah, there's not really many tricks to multi-entering. It's just you got to put in the work and... You know, it could be consistent. Yep, I, I get it. You know, it sounds like you definitely do that. So um, I know that there was something that you had wanted to uh, also to discuss. Um, let me look up what you had thrown at me. Pro strats. What's pro strats? Um, so we touched on it a little bit with um, – Max's or Sahil's uh, strategy of using um, in baseball using he did this like in the entire year last year like or most of the days and I think he's changed it up a little bit but what his strategy was you know the two just using two pitchers and one stack um, but now I think the game has kind of evolved on DraftKings because you see more players, um, there are more good players or more mass multi-entry guys do the four by four. Like they would, because on Fantasy Cruncher, there's a there's an easy option where you can choose one stack from uh, like let's say the Dodgers today, and another stack like the Baltimore Orioles, and you just you can you can easily put four players from the Orioles and four players on the Dodgers. And they, the pros are uh, getting to the point where they're they're doing this as their main strategy. So what I did was I looked at all the strategies for this year, and I've made my own strategy. Of you know, I sometimes I don't do just one base one base stack. I will have most of my exposure to um, maybe two or three guys in a stack and two or three guys in another stack, but the other guys are like different, um, different guys from like totally different other teams, and this gives you an edge in in big GPPs because no one else is doing it. Especially if you're multi mass multi entering, you you have unique lineups everywhere compared to uh, 
the the pros. So there's there's like gotcha. many. So basically, if I enjoy. understand that strategy correctly, sorry to interrupt, but if if I understand that uh, strategy correctly, what you're doing is you're you're picking you know, and I do this on FanDuel. That's my preferred strategy on FanDuel. I I pick four by four. And then I will mix in my pitchers, and I'll just pick different teams. Though, that's you know, un- un- unlike you, I I tend to pick, you know, multiple teams. Is that what you're saying by four by four? Yeah, that's that's uh, yeah, that's what I'm pretty much saying. Um, sometimes like uh, they'll do it for like random teams too, like like the Phillies against Mad Bum or. The Padres versus like a random pitcher. They'll they'll use multiple teams. But yeah, for gotcha. four from each team. Gotcha. And and you think the advantage of that is that you get a, it's it's a little different than what you do where you go really really deep on one team. Uh, what they're doing is they're you know they're going deep on two teams. Yeah, they're they're diversifying a lot. Like you don't really see the big guys just stack like two teams, and you know they're 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 not in every lineup that you know they do. They're doing like like maybe maybe six, maybe ten teams, and they're differentiating that way with like those six ten teams. But yeah, I I try to do a base most of the time. Is uh is do you do you find Fantasy Cruncher to be the best site? If you're going to do that sort of thing, if you want to do, yeah, I think Fantasy Cruncher overall is just the best site for baseball because there's so many options. You can do four by four, you can do five by three, five by two. You don't even have to stack. And like the um, exposure settings and the projection settings are are much better than anything uh, I've I've come across. And I've tried like I tried like pretty much every every platform. What do you think? Uh, for, uh, do you feel the same way for football, or do you have something different that you use for football? I think for football, you uh, you can just use the Roto Grinders lineup generator, and it's free um, compared to the Fantasy Cruncher. You got to pay like fifty bucks a month. But I think for football, the lineup, the Roto Grinders generator is is all you need. Gotcha. All right. Well, that's um, those, that is some really good information as it relates to this. Um, let's go back to football a little bit. So you basically pick your four guys, and then you narrow down the field of the rest, and you would then, I guess, use the roto grinders to make up your lineups and and enter them and hope that you're you know you were right with your four guys. Is that pretty much it? Yeah, that's the idea of it. Get the four guys right and and go from there. That's awesome. What's the hardest thing about being an MME guy? I think like on top of the research and the you know the basic things you got to do, I think like fixing the projections and um, you know fixing your lineups uh, through Fantasy Puncher and narrowing down the pool. And you know you have to you have to put in uh, the numbers yourself and all that. I think that's just you know the hardest part. But um, I really don't think there's much uh, 
different from being a single entry guy that make, that makes multi entering that difficult. Any, I think gotcha. anybody can do it. You just got to put in the work. Yep, and and that makes a lot of sense. Um, all right, well that pretty much covers um, what we wanted to cover today with uh, with Tommy. Um, I'm really glad you came on. I think what you what we talked about is fascinating stuff. Is there anything that you wanted to cover that maybe I hadn't yet so far? Um, not, not really. That's pretty much all of it. Maybe the dynamic and this, scoring. And, and this uh, was and this was your first podcast ever. You you, you survived pretty good. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. yeah, you did great. And I'm really glad that you came on. I want to thank you very much for your time. And we're going to leave everyone with um, this. Um, if you practice Tommy's way and you win, you get to hear this. And that's always a good sound when you're playing Daily Fantasy. And we're always talking about the games and the games that people play and the way that people play them. And I'm going to lead everyone out today with an old song by the Alan Parsons Project called Games People Play. Tommy, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Where do we go from here?